0: This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. A lot of hostility in the world right now. Wouldn't you say people angry all over the place? This. Shooting in Maine. There are weird, weird circumstances there. Uh, supposed military guy, some kind of psychosis. It's possible. You remember the uh, story about the airplane, the pilot, just a couple days ago, people forget quickly that he tried to overtake the plane. I think, I feel like he was, no, well, he was a pilot. That's right, not military. Maybe, as far as we know, and hear that part, but uh, he was another one. He said, oh, I was a psychosis. In his case, he said that uh, two days prior to this psychosis on the plane where this pilot, sitting in the cockpit, taking a ride, he wasn't flying it, uh, tries to down the plane. And uh, he said he had taken some mushrooms. He's been dealing with issues, and I thought that the mushrooms were going to help those issues. And uh, I don't know that everybody realizes the impact on these drug-induced psychosis. Um, I think it's a level of evil that most people really can't understand, completely conscience-free when that happens. Is it even true? Are these just excuses? I don't know. I just know that people are acting a little strangely. All that ties in with what I wanted to talk about first here, which is this War in Israel going on, Hamas, Israel. What are we calling it? We don't have a name for it. War in the Middle East, I guess. Perfect timing, teed up for the election. This is going to go on a while. Looks like Ukraine is out, done. The United States is done with Ukraine, I suppose. Maybe we're going to continue to give them a little money. I don't know. How much money do we fund into these wars? I bet you when you really add it up, you know, we're sitting here a $100 billion for Ukraine. How much money, let me just do it. We'll see right now. Uh, how much did the Gulf War cost? Sorry, I should have had this. Gulf War cost, all right. Not the only one asking. Uh, $9 billion. Financial costs of the Iraq War, let's see. Direct costs. The 2003-2010 Iraq War. Direct cost, $1.1 trillion. United States Department of Defense direct spending on Iraq totaled at least $757 billion. Also highlighting the complementary costs at home, such as interest paid, etc. So what are we really talking about? $2 trillion? Let's just go with the $1.1 trillion a second that we spent fighting Iraq. Would you think that it would cost any less to fight Russia and Ukraine, let alone the rebuilding costs and everything else that we're going to get soaked for. In reality, we're just acting as the bank, the bank with security. Instead of armored cars, we got the United States Marine Corps to go collect on our debts, create new territories. You know what I mean? I was looking at a list of places that the United States had intervened militarily or otherwise. It's a long list. I should have have had it here. Iraq, Afghanistan, Grenada, Haiti, Lebanon. I'm just going off the top of my head here. How many places have we interfered militarily that are well-known? Libya. And I'll ask you, how are those places doing today? Name one of them that's doing well. Well, that brings us to today's conflict. These never-ending wars, the banks, the politicians. You know, as you get older, your perspective changes, right? I know mine has, quite a bit, actually. Thankfully, I guess. But as I look at this, I think, what a sham. That's really what I think. What, what, how do we continue to go along with this? And the evil that I see in humanity, I don't know if I can shake it, really. But here's what I wanted to talk about for a couple of minutes. This issue of a holy war, is this somehow some kind of an indication of the second coming? Is this finally Christ's return? We're going to go through a rough patch here, but it's all going to be worth it, boys, girls. I heard some politicians, I saw a video on Twitter, and um, had a few Republican politicians being interviewed asking about this question. Do you believe that this is a holy war? Do you believe that uh, this has to do with the return of Christ? quite evangelical were the responses Zionist evangelical Christians in our government hmm and a strong pro-Hamas faction in the Democrat Party it's quite the conflict when you think about it here and there crazy really you think about it. Is it a holy war? Is it the second coming of Christ, though? Well, let's address the holy war part first. And I would argue that on some level, just about all wars are holy wars. Why would I say that? Well, because uh, typically wars are are fought over a difference in ideology, uh, but also land and other disputes for sure. I don't know, what would you call this Gaza issue? I guess you could say land, but it's really an ideological one being hate, I guess. But I don't want to get pulled into the politics, but listen, here's my point about the holy war uh, idea. Everybody knows it's wrong to kill people. I think it's a basic part of our DNA, I would hope. Would you agree with me on that? I don't know. I don't really know anything about DNA, but it seems to be about the part of the fabric of who we are. We know not to kill without touching a bible without any instruction i think that most people i feel like maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm very wrong but i would argue that people know that it's it's wrong i would argue that just about all wars are holy wars because um at its core the decision to kill other people definitely spiritual is it religious I don't know that I'm well-versed enough in the terms. I don't know that it matters to my argument. Religion or our spiritual framework, I guess, is what sets the moral framework for our our community or the country. And I would say you'd have to agree most religions tell us it's wrong to kill. Now, I know I hear people talking about how Islam differs, and they'll pull out texts to say as much. But you could do the same with the Bible. You certainly can. And with the New Testament. Bottom line is, I don't want to get into a religious argument. Somebody's going to send me some kind of hate email over all this. And I'll read it. (laughs) Bottom line is, we need a religious excuse to kill. That's what makes all wars a holy war. What's the religious excuse? Killing women and children. It's morally wrong. So how's that religious? What tells you that it's morally wrong to kill women? I just know. Hmm. Okay, well that's then your religion, whether it's atheist, agnostic, wokeism, alcoholism, whatever the case might be. Whatever Bible you pray to, my friend, but you know, when you say that it's wrong to X, wouldn't you say that's spiritual, religious? I don't know. The same people that would argue no, probably the same ones that would argue that there's no free will. I think we talked about that last week. I don't think so. I think that we need a religious excuse to kill. They killed our women and children. Therefore, we will annihilate them, ultimately providing that excuse to kill coming from religion. But I got to tell you something, and I know this is going to shake a few people, upset a few people. Uh, but I don't believe for one second that this. I put it this way: I don't think for one second that it's likely that this current conflict in Israel somehow marks the return of Christ. I don't believe that it's the second coming, and I think that you should repent <laughs> and me and pray and be better Christians. But aside from that, I really don't believe that this is even the start of World War III. Now you've heard me talk about. It. I mean. Uh, I mean, I'm going to say not World War III, at least in the way most people think about it. Um, in some ways, we are in a World War III. I mean, there's uh, conflict in, in Eurasia with Russia, what do you, Eastern Europe, okay? Eastern Europe conflict, Middle East conflict, uh, Asian conflict brewing, Central American mass diaspora going on, but everything's good. I think I saw that they're reporting... 4.9% 4, 4. GDP, uh, economic growth. Oh, boy. We're going to get ripped off even more. But I, I really don't think that this is going to be a typical multi-front war like World War Three. I could be wrong. I could be very wrong. Uh, I do believe that there's a good chance that either way we're going to be mired down in a lot of conflict for quite some time. That's why I keep saying to prepare. And I think that it could get pretty ugly. You know, don't get me wrong. (laughs) Uh, I don't think things look good. I'm not saying that. There's really nothing to worry about. I'm not saying that either. I just don't see a world war like World War II or World War I where you've got an Asian front and a European front. I could be wrong. I see it to be more terrorist type. And even with the lasers and the this and the that, I I was watching that Israel, I guess there's like Delta Force guys over there. I don't even really know what these special units are you know, what all they mean or who would be involved in something like this. But they're saying that Hamas is down in tunnels and they have these, um, uh, these, these hostages down there and these, um, you know, elite American military units were going to gas the tunnels and go in and get the, uh, the, the hostages out. And they publicize this, which tells me that, um, they're trying to flush it out. You know, you wouldn't advertise that if it was the truth. um, They're not planning to do that. I thought to myself, is this even possible to do that? Uh, But here's my point. Uh, You basically had Hamas bring down a far superior enemy. Now, when I say bring down, I mean, you know the reality of the situation. Uh, Israel still seems to be alive and fairly well as a whole and defending themselves quite well. But they took a serious hit. From a far inferior enemy, despite the Iron Dome, despite the tanks, despite the night vision, despite all these advantages. Did you know that um, Gaza is is like the most secure, surveilled uh, border in the world? There's cameras, uh, facial recognition. It's nuts. Look into it, how they had those people on lockdown. But despite all that, they were able to build an army. And bring Israel to its knees. Now, look, I'm not saying this in any kind of a positive way. I'm saying it to point out the reality. And I also point out what Wagner did in Russia. They could have easily went to Moscow had they decided to go. And it tells you that there's a military problem. It tells you that there's a security problem. But I think it's a bit foolish to fall for this argument that somehow all this is a sign of the second coming, that somehow that the failure of the American government, that somehow the, the failure of, of, of republics and, and true democracy and fair voting, that somehow that the failure of that means that we're automatically going to be relieved by the second coming. And I wouldn't bank on it for a number of different reasons. You don't know when it's going to come. To me, uh, it's just a a false justification for what? Tanks, maybe American military personnel. My son is active duty Air Force. He is um, a uh, uh, um, JTAG, and what they do, we would call them in the Marine Corps, uh, Forward Observers. Maybe in civilian terms, you'd say a spotter. So he'll be with forward units on the ground. It's like the only combat unit in the Air Force. I feel like there's one other one. But um, anyway, he would be out with the, with some of these, uh, uh, you know, more elite military units calling for fire. Mostly air fire, obviously, Air Force, but... Uh, uh, he can call for naval gunfire and also artillery as well. I got to tell you, I have no interest in seeing him go anywhere. I really don't. I haven't been able to connect with him a little in a little while, which is a little concerning. Um, I do hope to catch up with him this evening or this weekend. Um, he's been away at some training that he can't tell me about, so all this is a little concerning, right? No indication of any deployments, to be fair, but. You know, as a parent, you you watch it carefully. Uh, I wanted to point this out. I saw this uh, posted online, and I talked about this before. You had cocaine uh, found in the White House, Biden. Dead body found at Obama's house. Uh, the male prostitute, or the bizarre story, at least, at Pelosi's house. You go, bizarre story of some right-winger attack. Nah, that's not what happened the illegal server at the Clinton's house, Um, and the FBI raided Trump's house. They raided Mar-a-Lago. You know, with all the documents that Biden had, well he was cooperating. Interesting, right? Uh, How about the main shooter, known to police, but yet they're chasing after, you know, peaceful demonstrators of January 6th? And, of course, there's a lot of different ways to look at all this. Uh, But the main thing that I wanted to point out The cocaine in the White House, the body at the Obamas, the many, many dead bodies in the wake of the Clintons. Dick Cheney, remember when he accidentally shot that guy hunting? I have to tell you something. I don't trust these people. And I have to wonder if the level of evil is not far, far worse than we ever imagined. I really don't. Just look at the plain evidence. You see dead bodies around Trump, all of his business dealings and his you know the the secret recordings and people have screwed him over. Not a single dead person. But yeah, Clinton and Obama all over the place. Same with the money. You know, not a single direct tie of any payments to Trump. Plenty to Obama, plenty to Clarence Thomas, to be fair. Plenty to Biden. Direct evidence. What's the direct evidence of uh, payments to uh, Obama? The book deal. He got $70 million before he was even out of office. Well, that's called a book advance. Yeah. Uh, I would call it a bribe. It was negotiated while he was in office. No, no, it was for his books. Mm Mm-hmm. Have you heard about it? Yeah, me either. So... I know this is a little brief today. We'll see how it, this takes up. Oh, no. Oh, no. I thought it was going to be done there. I'm not getting done so quickly. All right. All right. Um, I want to talk about this new House Speaker. Interesting little story. I guess kind of going on behind the scenes. What would you say? I haven't really been paying attention because I just assumed it was going to end in catastrophe. I was like, you watch. Gavin Newsom's going <laughs> to. I'm kidding around with that. But um, anyway. Uh perhaps I was wrong in this case. They say that Trump got involved, and now we got this guy Johnson. I really don't know much about the guy. Um, he supposedly called for Pelosi's arrest, that defended Trump in both impeachments, has aggressively investigated the Biden family, he's pro-life, voted against certifying the rigged 2020 election, supported Trump's terrorist travel ban, and his anti-Ukraine funding. Supposedly. He's also kind of inexperienced. Uh, Where's all that going to take us? Well, we'll see. (laughs) Uh, The lack of experience, the lack of um, allies potentially could lead him to traps that he's unaware of. But I think there's a very, very positive side to this. I really do. You've heard me talk about this on a number of fronts from my knowledge of government, government workings, elections. I've said to you that the election supervisors have a lot of power. And you may have also heard me talk about how um, board presidents also have an incredible amount of power. Incredible amount of power. They largely control the narrative, the, the, um, you know, the voice, the direction, who does what. Most people are unaware of this. So, what do I mean by that? Well, this little uh, radical right wing uh, white nationalist has now got quite a bit of power at his hands. And I would say to you that if we see a Trump presidency and a majority um, in the Senate and the House, you know, it, it might do a lot of good for the country. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Sadly, even if it does do a lot of good for the country, uh, I'm afraid that the people who don't want to work, the drug addicts, the mentally ill, they're not all the same. I'm not judging anybody. But from best I can tell, not a lot of drug addicts pay a lot in taxes, homeless people, mentally ill, handicapped. Of course, we need to be compassionate and, and have ways to help people. Uh, but you can't have those people controlling the government, and the treasury. All right, uh, that needs to be done by people who pay the taxes. And I had said one time, you know, maybe your your uh, the election should be sent out with your you, you uh, vote by with your tax return, the ballots in there, and that's the only way you could vote is if you were filing a tax return. And people said to me that that was bringing back Jim Crow. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I would imagine that everybody in Congress right now pays taxes. I mean, none of them are at least uh, drug addicts to the point that they're homeless and so forth. I don't know. Uh, I just know we got a big problem with a lot of people that don't work. They're costing the country a lot of money and creating a lot of problems. Uh, And that's not our only problem. That's our social problems there, which is, is one. Our government and political problems are probably far bigger in many ways and probably causing the former who knows um big uh court ruling saying that um uh, georgia's um uh voting districts need to be redrawn i believe this um may go further than georgia i didn't get the whole story um Anyway, they said it was a violation of the Voting Rights Act, diluting the power of black voters. Now, here's what I want to tell you about this. Do not be alarmed. And I'll tell you why. We have a uniparty. You know that. So if Republicans are going to scream that this is bad for Republicans, why would you believe them? It's part of the game. The disenfranchising of black voters is hurting the Republican Party, not helping the Republican Party. And I can prove it. You've been fooled. You've been told that blacks vote Democrat. Right? They don't vote Republican. Then why would Republicans be so afraid to redraw the boundaries to maintain the majority Republican in a broader area. Now, maybe they've you know just finely crafted these lines, and in some cases they have. That's is true. But my point is this: I have a funny feeling that not as many of these black voters are liberal as you might think. Uh, I know that there's probably a lot. It's the same with Jewish people. You know, the oh, Jewish people vote Democrat. I wouldn't be so sure about that. So, and either way, I don't think the gerrymandering is is correct, is, is fair. And I think that the elections do need to reflect the popular vote. And the, the political system and the two-party system... The two parties which have corroborated together for their benefit, not ours, are drowning out the voice of the American people. Redraw the districts and let the elections be fair. We'll see. Time will tell. It could be a complete disaster. We'll find out. You'll never see another Republican elected again. I don't know. We'll find out. All right. Um, this is the last story. Yeah, see, it was done pretty quickly. I just. Misjudged how many stories it was going to take to get there. Uh, I'm looking forward to a little R&R this weekend, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, I've had a busy couple of weeks, and I've, I've got a couple of busy weeks ahead. And this week I'm looking for, this weekend I'm looking for down to a little downtime. I think I might do a little hike. Uh I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to hike it. I might bike it. I was out for a killer ride the other night, and I went up, we're just outside of Philadelphia here, and I went up, up on this hill and it's like I don't know if it's the last hill that you can see down into Philadelphia I guess I'd have to go up there to see I don't think so but um anyway I could see from the hill I was, Pennsylvania's got like these rolling hills just coming out of Philly and then the further you get you get into the Pennsylvania mountains which are nothing compared to New England or out west more like hills but they get bigger and bigger it's these kind of rolling hills. Well, here we have them. It's just a lot smaller. But it's still a beautiful sight, particularly in the fall. The leaves are changing. And I could—I just sat up there, turned the bike off, electric bike, turned it off. And uh, I just sat up there for a little while, just taking it all in. And feeling the air, the wind, and watching the sunset, which was behind me. Feeling the effect, I should say, of the sunset, not watching it. It was in the, the hill just behind me. It was just really fun. But anyway, this weekend, uh, uh, I'm going to go somewhere else with the bike and kind of get out a little bit and clear my mind a little bit and try to get some fresh air. It's going to be like 80 degrees here on Saturday. Quite uh, Caribbean-esque for Pennsylvania. But um, I'm going to enjoy it every every bit that I can. So I'm going to keep this kind of short, and I'll mention this last story before I go. This was posted on Twitter, so it must be true. And it says that it is a blue check certified poster. Um, Indian scientists get breakthrough. Well, let me ask you this first. Do you believe in chemtrails? What is that? That is that they're spraying stuff out of the back of airplanes in order to achieve some objective, whatever it might be. Now, the question is, is there chemtrails, is it used for cloud seeding to create rain, is it used for other things, and is it possible to heavily manipulate the weather, such as create um, hurricanes and whatnot? Well, here's a little uh, information to add to the intrigue. Indian scientists get a breakthrough in cloud seeding. Uh, this area of India is getting 18% more rainfall than usual. The experiment conducted by scientists from the Institute, Indian Institute of Tropical Meteorology. I don't know how this, how big or small this area is. I can tell you with a reasonable certainty from you know doing some investigating uh, that it does go on. And I say that because it's openly reported what they're doing. Is it effective... Uh, I'd be really shocked. Is there a danger, a risk? I would say likely some. Is it able to create hurricanes? I'd be really surprised. You know, there's a lot of weird stuff out there. People saying that the Maui fires were caused by lasers, directed energy weapons, and creating lightning, and earthquakes, and... Um I think we need to settle down a little bit with the sci fi stuff and just kinda look at the reality of the situation. You know, I, I don't know what the probability of changing the weather eighteen percent in a given area is or what it took to do that. And um, you know, is it possible? I think we would know more about it if they were worried, no, they're keeping it secret. It's possible. I just don't see any direct evidence. So do I believe it? Yes. Am I concerned? No, I'm not. Especially right right now, I'm not. Oh, I forgot to mention. After the biking and physical exertion, uh, I think I may have a nip or two. Why not? Perhaps over a fire. Maybe even with a steak. The probability is high. I know this. It's going to be enjoyable. The weather's going to be great, and I'm going to have a good time. I hope you do, too. Enjoy the weekend. Do something for yourself. You know what I always say. Get the heck outside. Stay out there. Sleep out there if you can, if you want to. If not, do it. You'll have a great time. Do something for yourself. That's my point. God willing, I'll be back hopefully Monday. Don't be surprised if there's a little delay depending on when I come back into the fold. I'll see you when I see you. It'll be soon. Be well.